The aftermath of nonviolence is the creation of the beloved community. Let us never fight with falsehood and violence and hate and malice, but always fight with love so that when the day comes that the walls of segregation have completely pumped, we will be able to live with people as their brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Beloved Community Podcast, brought to you by KUAF and the Northwest Arkansas Martin Luther King Jr. Council. The Beloved Community Podcast is designed with community in mind. We seek to highlight individuals and organizations that strive to build Dr. King's beloved community in the Northwest Arkansas region, the state of Arkansas, and beyond. Each month, you'll hear from leaders in our community working to combat poverty, racism, and equality, and promote the ideals of the beloved community where injustice ceases and love prevails. Be inspired to join the movement. Good afternoon, Northwest Arkansas, coming to you from the KUAF studios in beautiful downtown Fayetteville, Arkansas. I am Chris Seawood, treasurer of the Northwest Arkansas Martin Luther King Jr. Council. I am here with our beloved president, Lindsay Leverett Higgins. Good afternoon. I am excited to be here. Always excited when you're excited, President Higgins. And for those of you that don't know, this will be a special conversation uh, for this episode of the Beloved Community Podcast. Um, we actually are having this conversation following up from our distribution and announcement of the State of Light NWA Census. For those of you that hopefully now have had the opportunity to participate in the census, you know now that the Northwest Arkansas Martin Luther King Jr. Council has announced and started distributing digitally a electronic census where we are trying to capture data and broad categorical census um, information that we are trying to collect from the African-American community in the hopes that we can develop short and long-term strategies for the improvement of black life in Northwest Arkansas. Did I say that correct? That's it. I think you got it. In a nutshell, we are really just looking forward to developing this project and seeing this project through as we had an opportunity to really sit back and reflect on some of the survey data that existed in the last couple of years, we saw that there was a lack of response. There was a lack of narrative specific to the black and African-American community in Northwest Arkansas. Mm -hmm. And so we thought who better to help really drive and create that narrative to tell the story about the gaps and the things that are needs for blacks and African-Americans in Northwest Arkansas than the MLK Council. So we are really proud to have an opportunity to be thought leaders in this space and to be an organization that is out front to tell the story, to collect the data, and to allow the data to tell the story of the things that are needs for members of our community in Northwest Arkansas. Mm. And Lizzie, um, 
maybe you could talk a little bit more about the impetus behind uh, the census, what really drove us and led us to create this census. So as we have collectively had conversations as an organization with members of our community, mm -hmm. we recognized that there were a lack of services. Mm -hmm. There were a lack of unmet needs. We recognized that as we um, come from various backgrounds in the community, some of us in the corporate sector, some in the nonprofit sector, some in the higher education sector, that we see that this is a place of transition for people that look like us. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of people who come to Northwest Arkansas from metro areas from Atlanta and Houston and Dallas and California. Mm -hmm. And because they're coming to a place that feels very different and unlike the areas that they are, are coming from, this is a short landing stop for them mm. to go back into another large metropolitan type of area mm -hmm. because this is a different and interesting community for them based on where they're coming here from. Mm -hmm. And so we saw that that really carved out an opportunity for us as an organization to understand what makes this a temporary landing stop for people as opposed to becoming a permanent landing stop or a long-term landing stop where you choose to establish a family or raise your family? Mm -hmm. What is it that we're missing in Northwest Arkansas that is a vast need, um, a desire for people in our community? Mm. That's right. That's right. And so with doing that, uh, as we find... Um, in Northwest Arkansas, with all the cultural amenities that exist, with all the growth and with all the thriving that happens, one thing that we think is missing um, and we think that will be shown is probably a lack of cultural amenities. But with anything, good, bad, or indifferent how you feel about it, um, Northwest Arkansas tends to be a data-driven uh, market. There tends to be an effort in data-driven exercises where numbers tend to speak positively or negatively to show um, the necessity for or against a project to move forward. So being cognizant of that, we enlisted the help of a organization that is helping us conduct this survey uh, or census, if you will. Uh, surveys tend to be shorter form in their um, efforts. Uh, census tend to be more long form. Um, so for us, we thought a census would be the better format uh, to conduct this particular experiment, if you will. Um, but to that end, data collection, we feel, is the best way to feel. We know and have a good anecdotal sense, right, Lindsay? of what we feel are the needs for the community, have good conversations. We have a lot of lunch table conversations, uh, coffee conversations, you know, water cooler conversations, you know, barbershop conversations, et cetera. Um, but that notwithstanding, there are still various stakeholders in the community that just will not move without the data. So 
we think we have a good idea of what the data will say, mm-hmm. but we don't want to speak for the data. And that's mm-hmm. the, the fun part of this exercise mm-hmm. is really getting out and ensuring that we're connecting with the community at all levels, mm-hmm. at all generations, at all um, socioeconomic status, at all religion mm-hmm. status. We want to make sure that we're connecting with the community so that the data really has an opportunity to speak and to tell the story. We want the story to be data-led and data-driven, most certainly. And it's going to be imperative because as we move into the second phase of this exercise, we have to use the data to inform our stakeholders. Mm -hmm. And so it's one thing to go through the exercise of creating the survey asking people in our community to complete the survey, but we have to take it a step further. And we have to then leverage the results of the survey in that second phase to inform our stakeholders who really have the muscle, if you will, Mm -hmm. that really have that sphere of influence to bring about and to impact some of the change that we see, that we know that's much needed in our community that comes from this narrative that the data will will create. Right. So just hypothetically speaking, Lindsay, and I know you and I have talked kind of ad nauseum about it, without knowing truly what the data is going to say, and we know that the data is going to tell a story, right? Um, But not really knowing what story the data is going to tell, good, bad, or indifferent. Where do you think the data, what narrative do you think the data is going to create? Just you yourself, in Lindsay's opinion. As a person who has been in Northwest Arkansas since 2004. Mm-hmm. I can say that when I moved here, comparatively speaking, that the area has grown significantly. Mm-hmm. And I think what the data will tell us is that there are still opportunities for blacks and African Americans to close the gap or to address some of the disparities that we see as it relates to becoming truly integrated into the community. Mm -hmm. So as we think about making the community appealing for people at all levels, um, blacks and African-Americans at all levels, I believe that the data will show us that there's still work to be done around housing. Mm -hmm. How are we leveraging local banks to ensure that we're making home loans available for individuals. I can't ask you to desire to be a part of our community long term when you don't have the ability to be a homeowner in our community, Mm, when you don't have the ability to have equity in Healthcare. So when I go to my primary care doctor or when I look at a certain um, medical group, I want a physician, a dentist, a dermatologist, a healthcare professional that looks like me, that has some understandings of some of the things that we deal with on a cultural perspective that may be attributes to why I have certain medical issues or why I feel a certain kind of way about mm-hmm. mental health. Mm-hmm. But when I go to a healthcare group, and I don't see a medical professional in the healthcare group that looks like me, mm-hmm. it makes that a consideration on is this a place that I 
truly can thrive long term. Mm -hmm. When we think about cultural needs, and while I will be the first to say that culturally from a a standpoint of music or arts and, and some of those things, the area has definitely grown mm-hmm. and <laughs> we have come a long way because of some groups that are really putting in the work to ensure that we have black artists and black exhibits and, and black plays and other things that come here. Mm-hmm. But there's still work to be done. Mm -hmm. When I want to go to see Beyonce Mm -hmm. and I have to go to London or to Dallas or Mm -hmm. to Houston Mm -hmm. and I can't have that in my back door in a place like Northwest Arkansas that's home to Walmart, Tyson, J.B. Hunt, Mm -hmm. the University of Arkansas, Mm -hmm. that's an opportunity. And I think that the data will speak to some of those things. Mm -hmm. So I think that the data is really going to tell a story that we have to continue to carve out a space for blacks and African-Americans to really feel fully invested in our community here in Northwest Arkansas. Mm. Agreed. Agreed. I'm wholeheartedly with you. And I hope likewise with that, that it also just shows that there could be, should be, and hopefully will be um, just more targeted investment in and infrastructure um, to help bring those things to pass, cultural amenities, um, and that there's targeted marketing in demographic areas. You mentioned at one point, you know, areas like a DC or Chicago, Atlanta metro areas. It would be great to see, you know, um, where those areas were being marketed heavily for people to move from there to Northwest Arkansas. Um, You know, Northwest Arkansas is a beautiful, inclusive area, which I would agree it is. I mean, I am like you. I now I'm pushing 30 years living here. I came here in 1994. So, I mean, I'm definitely now I would have the local label slapped on me for sure. But I love it. I've lived here. I've raised the family here. I mean, I guess I'm sold on the area. But now what is it going to take to close that back door, if you will, to keep those people that you mentioned earlier from having that short landing strip? I mean, they're here for their short assignment because of a Walmart, a Tyson, et cetera. But they're only here as long as that assignment forces them to be here. Now, there are some that come here and they grow an affinity uh, for the area and they make the decision to stay. But that's us. That's that's (laughs) us. And those are not um, those tend to be the exception and not the rule. And and I understand that, you know, there are very, very great efforts um, to make Northwest Arkansas inclusive but I just wonder in making the area inclusive are all stakeholders really thinking about in exclusivity are the measures also including cultural amenities that are designed for specific demographics if you will I don't know if that makes sense or not. No, yeah. I think you're I think you're spot on and as you were talking I thought about the reverse to your question. 
You ask me what I thought that the data would show. Mm-hmm. What I think the data won't show mm-hmm. is how organizations that exist that are historically black and African-American organizations that exist in Northwest Arkansas are helping to fuel that feeling of inclusivity Mm -hmm. and how we're helping to bring people in our community, especially people who are new to our community, Mm -hmm. along on the journey. Mm -hmm. How are we as predominantly black and African-American organizations welcoming people with open arms to say, we're the Northwest Arkansas MLK Council. Mm -hmm. We are so excited that you are brand new to Northwest Arkansas. How can we help you find a church home, a a good restaurant to take your family to for a dinner on Sunday? You know, this is where I live. You know, come park your feet under my table and let's have a meal. And I think a lot of that as I say that, goes back to, and I'm probably taking this in a different direction, but I think it goes back to the change in the black community. Mm. And you think about the black community at one point in time and think about like when you grew up, how the black community was so welcoming and so inclusive and so embracing. Mm -hmm. When you had new people that moved into your neighborhood or that were new to your church home, that your parents would invite them over for a meal on Sunday to help them get acclimated to the community. And so a lot about our community has changed. And so how do we get back to really being that true black and African-American community of yesteryear Mm. so that as black organizations that we're really doing our part in carrying our weight to ensure that when people in our community come to Northwest Arkansas, that they feel embraced and welcomed and that they feel that they have a refuge and a place Mm -hmm. to to kind of seek some guidance and some advice on how to navigate this Mm. place. Because if you're not into bike trails and art exhibits that's not your thing Mm -hmm. and you come here from a metro area from a densely populated area where there is a large you know black and african-american community this could be a culture shock for you Mm -hmm. so where are we as black and african-american organizations and how are we truly showing up and i don't think that the data will show that But I think that that's where we have to challenge our organizations and our counterparts and our peers as we get into the second phase of this project to say, hey, you know, intrinsically take a look at what you're doing. Take a look at what your organization is doing and how are we showing up for one another? I think that's good. And first of all, I caught when you said when I was growing up. That was no shade. She called me old. I, uh, I did. We're not that. Old. We're not too far right, apart. Right. Yeah, I'm not that much older than you. <laughs> but second of all, I I wholeheartedly agree with you. Uh, but that sense of community, I think, is is definitely critical. And I think our our black organizations do have a role to play there. But I think there's a role there. And I think. Like you were mentioning, particularly in our second phase of this of this exercise, I think it would be very critical of us and important of us to come together to solidify even more and deepen those ties with us as organizations 
for me, the way I'm thinking about it, if we could work to deepen those ties to help people understand that, hey, we are developing better synergies around the table, kind of, you know, creating some sort of hub, spoke, wheel model, whatever the case may be, so that people know, okay, here's how we operate as historically black organizations um, or black organizations in Northwest Arkansas, so that folks, as they matriculate in and out of Northwest Arkansas, they know this is who you can communicate with, this is how you communicate, something to that effect, um, I think would work wonders in helping also still creating bridges and helping to foster and build better community. So I think you're spot on in that, right? I absolutely agree. Um, Chris, as we think about the work that we are embarking on with this State of Black NWA project, how do you see the MLK Council mm-hmm. really leveraging and working with other partner peer organizations, other mm-hmm. black organizations in our local community to help initiate the outputs that come out of the data. Mm-hmm. Because we can't, I mean, let's be honest, we're small but mighty, mm-hmm. and we can't do it independent of organizations like historically black fraternities and sororities and PhD mm-hmm. organizations, black mm-hmm. churches, um, the NAACP, you know, and a lot of the organizations like that that are, are thriving in our community. Yeah. So how do you see us really leveraging and working with those organizations to create those sustainable strategies yeah. that help to really drive the change that we want to see in our community and that really helped to move us closer to Dr. King's vision of this inclusive and beloved community, if you yeah. will. Wow, great question. Um, for me, I think we sit in a unique place from the MLK Council in that I believe with the census that we're doing, and not just with the census, I think we just sit in a unique position where we can be the education, the advocacy, the research arm, and we can provide those type of resources to all the organizations that you just mentioned so that the work that they are already doing robustly and doing well, they are just that much more well-equipped with the resources and the tools that they need. Now, that also means that, you know, honestly, as well as us at the MLK Council, that also may just mean that we all need to take a look at our operations. If I'm just, if I can be candid, those of them that are listening, y'all know me, you know I love you, but sometimes I'm also going to speak candidly. Um, (laughs) It forces us to look at our operations and ensure that maybe there are some redundancies if they do exist, to look at why those redundancies exist um, in terms from organization to organization. And if maybe there are ways we can synergize and do things better together. So that way we're not competing over limited resources. And if we're competing over already existing limited resources, maybe we can, uh, maybe in that 
area combine forces and now be that much more powerful together instead of weaker separate um, and then you know now we're able to go out and walk together stronger together um, so that's kind of my take on it but again us as the council is just working to empower all the organizations and doing what they're doing we just become the advocates that the organizations need um, you know we're already educating we're already advocating we do the research that's needed that's kind of the sweet spot i would say that we can exist in could exist in for the community and i think you've got a phenomenal perspective and you're absolutely right that we have to ensure that as organizations and it's interesting because as i think about the makeup of our council we wear so many hats Mm -hmm. and we are so engaged in a number of other organizations beyond Mm -hmm. the council here in Northwest Arkansas. And it's really just thinking about how we strategically are able to come together so that as a collective resource, we are doing the absolute best job that we can collectively. Mm -hmm. There's power in that that power of we, if you will, Mm -hmm. that collectivity. And so how are we collectively as a mass grouping of organizations coming together to ensure that we're meeting the needs of our community. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I think there are just grand opportunities. But, I mean, as an African-American community in Northwest Arkansas, we're mighty, but yet we're still small. Um, And so even as a resource, we are a limited resource, even as a community. And I think sometimes we may stretch ourselves too thin. And in doing so, the impact just isn't as great as it probably could be, but it's just because of the spreading of ourselves too thin because um, it's just a matter, it's it's just a matter of numbers. Um, But if we could just look at sometimes how are we operating and if what we're doing is it truly being impactful or could we be as impactful if we were being more synergistic and having those honest conversations? Um, where, where would we be? Where could we be? How much more impactful could we be? I, I definitely agree. What's one of the things that you hope that comes out of this exercise? I hope at the one thing that comes out of this exercise is that we develop some long-term strategies for growth for the African-American community, Um, but not just talk. I mean, and a lot of times these become exercises in futility, um, and I don't mean to disparage any report that's come out or anything like that, but a lot of times the reports come out People talk about them. There are a lot of reportings that come out about them, but they end up being bridges to nowhere. Um, I think what I'm interested in is just tangible results um, based off the findings from the report. If the report says, okay, there literally needs to be an investment in infrastructure where we need a series of nightclubs 
in downtown Fayetteville <laughs> for the African-American community, that needs to be a strategic outcome. And we need stakeholders that are willing to come alongside us and make that investment. Um, if there's a lack of investment in black doctors so that we have more equitable health outcomes, stakeholders need to come alongside to make better investment in ensuring that African-American doctors are matriculating through four-year institutions, getting into medical school, matriculating out of medical schools, and being placed in Northwest Arkansas mm -hmm. um, um, to see better health outcomes for our African-American citizens and or people of color or just citizens in general. I hope that as a result of the work that we're able to do at the ground level, mm -hmm. that it will be so powerful that this will be a model and an exercise that other communities mm -hmm. will, will want to replicate. Yeah, that absolutely. we're able to build this in a way that it becomes a, a survey that is, is used and replicated in, you know, as a model in other communities yes. as they start to look at yeah. really creating the story or telling the narrative of blacks and African-Americans in, in their community. And I think this is just so timely as we look at what's happening collectively in the world yeah. and understanding that it's important that we don't lose our voice yeah. and that yeah. there is someone that is out there that is truly advocating for the collective voice of our community and that's telling the story so that we are able to help bring the right people to the table to ensure that the needs are being met and addressed mm -hmm. for individuals in our community at all yeah, levels. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I am just excited about what is definitely to come Me with too. this project with the State of Black NWA. Yeah. I can tell you that this has, has gone from... Uh, if you will, a water cooler conversation <laughs> yeah. to it's live and in living color <laughs> yeah. and it's happening, right? It's and happening. so we just really want to make sure that we are encouraging our community to have an active voice in the process. Yes. That in order to see things change mm -hmm. and to see um, opportunities become available for us as a community, we have to be willing to take the time to lend our voice to the project. Yeah. So take the survey, scan the QR code, encourage other people to take the survey as well, encourage them to participate. It's a lot of information, we're asking a lot. But these are the things that are going to be most important to helping to really narrow down where we see needs and gaps that have to be, that need to be addressed in our community. So we just, you know, are encouraging our community to show up and to participate, engage with us and let us know how we can help. Yeah. how we can get responses, who do we need to go to, what's the best place that we need to show up to ensure that the voice of the community is heard. Okay. And we are, you know, again, just blessed and honored to be in a position to lend ourselves and, and lend our organization to 
doing this much needed body of work in the community and being able to bring the data back to our community to say, this is what you said, we heard you, and now we have the onus of going out to all of these stakeholders across the community, across the country, to help ensure that we're bringing about the much needed change that we hear you talking about. That's right. And for those of you that this may be brand new for you, uh, you can go out to www.nwamlk.org to take the survey. Uh, that's our website address. And we encourage you, encourage you, just like Lindsay just said, to please, please, please uh, visit the website. There's QR codes all over the region in various places right now. Um, please, please, please take the census. It is so important, important. We are doing this for you as a community, as the region continues to grow and thrive. We want to make sure that the African-American community is included with that planning. Um, and again, if it's successful, it could become a model for other minority communities as well. So we're thinking about those communities as well in the future. So just please be mindful, share it, share it with your friends, share it with your mom, with your dad, your cousin, your auntie and them, <laughs> your circles, visit the website, share it, share it on your social media pages, anywhere you're communicating with people, help us out. We appreciate you for it. We'll see you next time on the Beloved Community Podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm Chris. And we'll see you in the beloved community. Bye. I don't think you were supposed to say that. <laughs> I was born by the river. Thanks for joining us today on the Beloved Community Podcast. As always, you can learn more about the work of the Northwest Arkansas Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Council at www.nwamlk.org. And you can subscribe to the podcast at KUAF.com, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcast. Our theme music is performed by Shy Woods. Graphic design for the podcast is by Casey Wilson, and our producer is Lee Wood. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the beloved community. I don't know what's up there beyond the sky. It's been a long, a long time coming, but I know.